John said, my name's Ian Herbert, and uh, I'm with SFS in Tassie. And it's not quite a year, John. I was here this time last year unpaid. <laughs> um, anyway, unfortunately, Nick can't be here today at a fire commitment, so he's asked me to do this presentation. And a bit like James, I'm dealing with someone else's presentation, so bear with me. Um, what I thought I might do is run you through two years of hyper-serial project results um, and a few lessons we've drawn out of that. Um, just before I go on though, um, Georgina Maloney has, uh, since Harvest Time has moved on and she's gone travelling around Australia with her partner. Um, so if anyone knows of a Georgina replacement, I'll be more than interested to hear from We're in a process of just doing a bit of intasting. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that. Um, so basically the HYC, or the Hyper Yielding Cereals Project, is a GRDC initiative. It's been funded for five years. We're just about to enter year three. Um, as it says, Applied Research Development Extension Project. It's been coordinated by FAR, and obviously led by Nick Paul in that regard, um, and collaborating with the farm system groups in ourselves, SFS. So we're doing the on-ground work in Tassie. So the numbers are really only just starting to flow through from this harvest, and that's just going to be a bit reflected in the results that we'll see. The um, project itself has a couple of main objectives. One is to increase the feed wheat yield from 4.4 to 7 tonnes by 2020. We think that's actually quite achievable, that's the average yield. Um, and we want to get 10% of the feed tonnes up to, 10% of the feed going crops up to 14 tonnes per hectare, which is probably a lofty goal, but there's guys who are knocking on the door of that already, so it's possible, but it's going to take a bit more work. Um, and then probably the trickier thing, which if anyone's ever dealt with dairy farmers, will know this is going to be a bit harder to do, but lots of work going on in that space. Tassie is a, a, uh, a large importer of feed grains, so we want to try and get rid of that diesel component shipping it across the straight and try and grow it ourselves. So what are we going to do? We're going to, well, what we have done is evaluate the genetic component of high yielding cereals. So that's basically last year and then this year to a degree, the, the uh, high rainfall uh, Tassie system, and they were screened. We're also then going to um, work through some agronomic uh, systems that can support those particular varieties to reduce the yields we're after. Um, and then anything that we can do to help the end users with those cereals. So it's, as we said, it's a five year project and uh, we're sort of, well we're halfway through, we're really starting to hone in on this agronomic support whilst we're still trying to engage with the uh, end users. Um, so if you want to see a fancy field day site, this is the one to come and see. Last year, this is the site, there was 1,052 plots sown, of which about 890 or something are actual being taken through to yield. Um, if we look at this just as a picture, um, this is on a property owned by BRA, which is Botanical Resources Australia. They produce 60% of the world's pyrethrum, which is what you're having your fly spray. Their whole farm system is based around pyrethrum. Things like wheat are just something that fills the space. But it's very good dirt, they have irrigation water, but wheat is well down the pecking order of importance. But in saying that, they're a great cooperator. Um, there's basically two halves to our trial site. We have this front half here, which is sown on the 6th of April, has been for the last two years, and that's the target date again this year. And then the second time we're sowing is at the back of the trial site, and that's for the 27th of April, and including an area of barley. There's various management trials going on within this, as well as you can see some little plots there, there, and there. 
and that's further screening work done with all sorts of varieties that you wouldn't have even had of from Germany and Switzerland and all sorts of places. So it's actually a really interesting thing to be involved with and um, a particularly exciting project. Oh, oh dear, I'm in there we go. So I thought I might just go back over 2016 because we all like to relive our glory days and we all remember how kind it was in Victoria from what I know and certainly in Tassie that was the case too. So um, if we go back to the beginning of 2016 season, um, there's a couple of things that we really need to note through this, and that is initially, in the beginning of the season, we had much warmer minimum temperatures following our sowing dates in April, and we also had warmer maximum temperatures, but very quickly returned to an average temperature phase. We then went into a period of wet weather. Our crops were established in that uh, April period, so they got away, but the, the earlier crops grew particularly well from the 5th of April, we'll see that again in a moment. Um, there's a couple of very, there were some very big floods in Tassie that occurred in June, a lot of damage. This side is, is very well drained, so that the majority of the, the uh, trials got through unscathed. I suppose the thing to then notice is there's two more points of interest. One is, when we get out here into our real growing season, when we're really starting to push through from mid-September through to, mid-September through to December, we've got a much higher, uh, sorry, a much lower um, maximum temperature, so it's that nice cool finish. And tie that in with some additional rainfall, and then even a little bit of irrigation to finish. And we've got a very, very soft finish for the crops that were in the ground. Um, so that obviously is going to deliver what we know happen with beautiful yields. Uh, in terms of management, this particular trial, I'm just going to talk about one area within that whole site because we have only here for 20 minutes. Um, there's two times of sowing, and there's, so there's two sets of management that were employed in 2016 on, those, on that first time of sowing. So this is the, the early April sowing day. Um, the things to notice there are that we had basically two systems running. One was a graze system, so it was grazed at uh, 16, GS16, GS16 and grazed at 30, um, and a high input which didn't have any grazing at that stage. We've then got additional, uh, sorry, um, some PGRs that were applied to the high input but not to the, not to the uh, low input, and an additional fungicide here, an early fungicide that wasn't on the, on the low input. So just a few highlights there of, uh, of the system. So bear in mind, these are the yields from the 5th of April sowing. So if we just, those ones were just highlighted there, you can see that we're you know, knocking on the door of, of 14 tonnes sown on the 5th of April, not last season, the season before. The idea of this trial was there were 16 best bet varieties that were chosen and put through those two management systems with the view that we're going to choose out the ones which are most likely to be followed through in the coming years. So these 16 were taken down to six this year, and then next year there'll be something like four varieties which will then be taken through to the next step. So these, these are the six varieties here that basically shone through. Uh, you will have heard of some of these, obviously. Generous, Gen Genesis, Conqueror, Calabro, Macroc, and Rela. Um, as you can see, with the majority of those there, there's a not very much increase or difference between our standard graze or our high input system. However, 
there are a few that stand out in that first year that just show that something was going on. So Beaufort, the Edge Lines, and some, some other varieties over here that are unnamed. Something's gone on where they the grazed treatments have far outyield the high input treatment. Um, it's actually a pretty simple story. They're, they're, uh, well in the case of Beaufort, it's, it's, it's been way too early and it's had its time clock reset by the grazing and it's managed to then push through. And the same with the edge lights. So when we move on to 2017, so the season just gone, the season nearly couldn't have been any different. We've had a very cold period through winter where uh, well, we had a lot of frosts, except that you guys have, but it was just bitterly cold. Um, we didn't have any rain in June, and the rain that fell in July was at the end, so we had a very dry period there in the middle. And then when we came out the other side through spring, we didn't have much, we didn't certainly have much in the bucket, and then we didn't have much rainfall to help us, so we were irrigating there as well. And our temperatures went up, and we were having five bad days in, in November, which is very unusual for this area of Tassie. So a completely different season to the other one. This one's a pretty hard fish compared to the soft fish previously. So at this earlier sowing date, if we looked at the management systems that were employed there, there was an additional, because of the results shown last year with the difference between our high and our grey system, there was a standard system introduced which was the same as the grazed but without the grazing component. So let's see what the grazing is actually doing to our results. Um, our high system's got a lot more nitrogen in it and it's obviously got some PGRs over the other two and it's got an additional experimental PGR and, and it had a fungicide. Again, grazing was at, at uh, 16 and 30. So, for the crop that was harvested this January, we can see that most of the varieties are showing a response where we've got grazing, um, reduces some yield, which is what you expect. Standards not too bad, you had a bit more nitrogen and some disease protection, um, and we get a better yield, or perhaps it's PGR. If we look at something like revenue, something's going on there. Um, That's the grazing story. So revenues um, uh, with grazing has had its leaf area reduced and therefore it's been able to respond better as the season's gone on. The standard treatment didn't have any fungicide and obviously we had some fungicide in the high in the higher in the higher management system, but it did respond as well. And then a crop, we've got a similar thing going on. The crop story we think is a little bit different. Um, the croc basically has this, so this is a graph that compares the lodging um, severity of the various varieties and how they responded. If we look at a croc, one of the issues that, that happened with it on this very high fertile site is that it actually didn't stand up as well as some of the other varieties that were in that in this particular experiment. So we think that um, that some of its yield loss, if you like, in this standard treatment here was because it didn't have the fungicides that the other varieties had had at this particularly high yield site. So there's some uh, 
So there's a good story there that we need to look further into how we can manage a crop. Um, and obviously, the, I've told the revenue story before. When we grazed it, obviously it's had a, it's, it's a shorter crop, and so it hasn't lost as much as the standard did. When the high has been reduced a little bit as well than it is in the FDR. Um, if we want if we compare the two lots of sowing dates, so these are averages for 2016 and the sixth of April sowing date, we can see we've, we've got some pretty handy yields there. Um, the average has been brought down a bit by manning and revenue, but revenue suffered particularly badly from disease in 2016. When compared to last year's yields, um, you know, on average at 11, we can see that we've got a yield decline. But interesting, when you when you look at these high performing ones, the, the you know the the uh, difference between the years, two years is stark. However, in saying that, the relationship between the top performance is is fairly similar. So that's pleasing to see that we've got something that's going on. So just as a reminder of that 2016 year with our very warm autumn start and our soft finish, we then went, and I'm going to show you now the results of what we did in, in a second time of sowing in that Anzac Day period. And this is where it gets quite exciting from a yield perspective. Um, this is where we've applied not as many treatments, but certainly, oh, sorry, just finished. We've got some additional PGRs in here and additional uh, fungicide to the crops. And our yields for our top varieties are knocking on 17 tonnes for Calabro. A crock and manning under the high management system aren't statistically that different to their crop. So really exciting from a point of view of what these weeds can genetically produce at that level. Interestingly, I haven't got them here, but um, I remember seeing protein data on those and they weren't up to 10.5%, so there's still more left in them. So that, that's what John was talking about when Nick was very excited. Those of you who have Nick know Nick Poole, when he gets excited, he's really excited. <laughs> um, he, when they're sitting in the BCG header and the, and the header's spitting out the labels for each plot, they had to stop and how can there be was it 28 kilos or something, a grain of one plot, you know, normally harvesting 13. It was just unbelievable, the, uh, the excitement. So there's been a lot of data checking and, and the like to make sure these results are accurate. And they are. So that's uh, the second time of sowing in 2016. Um, oh, sorry, one more thing to just note here. Relay was our top performer in the first time of sowing. It's done about a tonne better um, in the second time of sowing. So obviously, our first time of sowing for relay, this patch was, was pretty spot on. Um, but still, even at 13 tonne, it's not to be sneezed at, but it's, it's, not, it's not up there. So this, this has given us confidence, again, that those varieties that we're looking at in the first slide, if you remember I had them circled, are these ones here again. So they're the ones that, well, there's a couple more that will be concentrated on in terms of being pushed through to the economy packages. Um, so if we were to compare the results of 16, which I've just showed you there, to this year, where they are nowhere near as good. So the fairy tale obviously didn't continue, the season didn't allow it to continue, the paddock that we were on wasn't anywhere near as fertile. In 2016, it was in a paddock that was following vining peas. Vining peas are your surprise peas that you get in the frozen supermarket aisle. So basically just green peas are harvested. Um, 
seeds are leaving they leave nitrogen home behind very clean paddocks. Uh, 2017 was following a pyrethrum crop, nowhere near the same level of fertility in the paddock, uh, but but uh, no no disease pressure either. Um, and, and as you can see, significant differences in yield. So there's more, more work to be done in that area. Um, some of the stuff that we do do along the way, and this is just for an interest sake one, um, the, the plots are all measured with an NDVI meter, so that's measuring how green plots are. Um, and these, this is a, a part of a larger fungicide experiment. But it, I just wanted to show what does happen in these trials when things do go a bit awry. So this top set of green lines here is a crop. And as you can see, it's, it's growing along and it's not, it's not, it's green for a lot longer. So this is how green the crop is. This is time. So the crop is green for a lot longer. So it's got a longer season habit than some of the others. And Relo, which also has a longer season habit, but something's gone on here and it's, oh, sorry, I've got the wrong way. Relay. <laughs> that um, sorry, that's relay, and this is a crop, and we know that this is the this is the plots that went down. So we've seen this happen in this particular experiment. They didn't have the the PGR has fallen away to the point where it's it's well behind revenue. Um, there's a bit of a barley story going on as well. Um, I suppose Nick said, ask him a question when you get to this point. Um, where people place barley in the rotation. So is it something that you place? Nick's posing the question that perhaps there's a place for it where we can go into a less fertile situation but without disease. The barley story is exactly the opposite to the wheat story. So in 2016, which are the blue bars, barley is yielding, what are we saying, 10 tonnes approximately. Planet Congress, Rosalind, Oxford. We turn around in 17, and remember wheat's decreased its yield dramatically by four or five tonnes, and barley's increased by you know, nearly a, or at least half a tonne, if not a tonne. Um, Nick's thoughts at the moment is it's all about the fact that it followed pyrethrum in terms of the disease and nutrition, and obviously we had a bit harder finish that probably played barley. The really pleasing thing about this is the relationship between the various varieties is exactly the same for each year. So the barley's are, they're, they're, uh, the varieties are performing the same throughout. Um, the thought, and I mean, we've all talked about this, that the planet was going to crash high disease pressure, tougher year, but at the same in Tassie across all our trials, planets significantly outyielded um, the rest of the varieties that, that we've got there. So I suppose there's a couple of take-home messages uh, just quickly. The different seasons have moved that sweet spot of sowing. If I just showed you that 2016 result, you would have said it's sowing 24th of April every time. But it's, it's not necessarily the case. Um, the same with um, our potentially significant yield increases. There's various varieties there that we know from 2017 now can do significantly high yields if we get to the the management system and the season to run for us and that's something that we're investigating further as the project goes on um, and the barley performance across the site has been very pleasing as well. Um, John mentioned the field day, it's on again this year, um, the 15th of November, there would have been I suppose 300 people last year John? 
I knew I'd get a bite out of that. <laughs> Nick and John continually have a who runs first field days. Um, but a very good day, and there were an awful lot of, um, like Rodwell's brought over a busload of economists, and there were a lot of farmers from here and from WA. Um, so you had a wonderful day, and people are more than welcome to come over at that stage. We, as FSS, because we have our own sites in Hazard, they're separate to this. We accommodate those who came over and did some special bus trips, dinners, beers, and all sorts of things. So if you do come over, just let us know and we'll make sure that you get to see a few farms and a few other things of interest. Right, Mr. John, thank you.